Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. It is the Friday, November 5th edition of the show. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And, of course, Chris on the phone, as he is most weekdays. Uh, we are going to try and fit today's show within an hour. So we'll see. We've been going like an hour 15. I want to see if we can if we can reel it in a little bit. Uh, Chris, before we jump into the rundown, all that good stuff, of course, we have a lot of football news to discuss. Uh, we start off every Friday with where is college game day from ESPN going to go for the next week. So next week is week 11. I've got five options for you uh we will start off with this one uh oklahoma at baylor next week now baylor is hosting tcu this week i you know i would imagine they will get that one done of course you never know in a rivalry like that uh how, how do you feel about that if they were to make the leap to uh to baylor uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't hate it but it's not it's not my favorite choice by any stretch uh, the next one I've got, NC State at Wake Forest. Of course, Wake Forest would have to get through North Carolina, and you would probably need NC State to get a win at Florida State. Uh, Wake Forest, a short underdog on the road. NC State, a short favorite on the road. Uh, you know, they, I, I would like to see them in uh, in Wake Forest next week. I think that'd be a lot of fun because I don't know how many opportunities you're going to get within about a decade of going to Wake Forest. How you feel about that one? Well, that's it. That's it. That's the place. That's the place you need to go. And I don't care what NC State does, by the way. If yeah. Wake Forest is undefeated, NC State has been good enough to justify going there. I tend to agree. Did you see the stat where, uh, my gosh, what was it? Uh, NC State, uh, no, no, no. Wake Forest had like 83% of their student body at uh, at their most recent home game against Duke. Well, yeah, but they have like the smallest enrollment in the country. Right, but the fact that they got like 83% of all of their students at the game was was pretty crazy to me. That's a, that's a high, well, high I, number. I mean, yeah, but that's, okay, yeah. <laughs> Percentages are easier to get when you're little. Uh, agreed, agreed. Uh, if five people show up out of 100, you've got 5%, okay? True. If five people show up out of 10, you got 50%. You know, it's not that, you know. No, no, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, it's just, you know, surprising considering this is not exactly known as a football hotbed. There's not a ton of students that typically care about the football program. 
uh, but they are bought in right now. So I do, I do think that would be a fascinating spot. Uh, I wrote down Minnesota at Iowa. Uh, they have not been to Kinnick this year. Uh, you know, Iowa's been on a downturn here. They, they missed their chance to go to Kinnick. Shame on them. That's on them. Yeah, I tend to agree. Minnesota, kind of a, a shocking story right now, but, you know, things are no, about Minnesota's to get... Minnesota's been awesome, but yeah. no, they're not game day worthy right now. No, nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Mississippi State at Auburn. If State can get a win against Arkansas and Auburn gets a win against A&M, uh, maybe they head to the Plains? No, because I think they're going to end up doing Mississippi State. Uh, they're going to go to the Iron Bowl, so you don't want to you don't want to set yourself up to go to the same school, you know, two, two years... Two out of three feet, like we did with Georgia. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And then last one, Texas A&M at Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss, of course, that, hosting Liberty. That one could be fun. That one fun. If, if for some reason Wake Forest loses and, and, and the wheels come off there and, and, you know, something happens in the Baylor, when, I, I think that's an interesting game. I think it's a fun game. Ole Miss got a couple of losses under the belt now, but I don't, I don't think either of those losses are anything to sniff about, so. Yeah, I mean it would be uh, it would be two two lost teams. Of course, A and M, uh, we would have to get them through Auburn this weekend at home at Kyle Field. So I guess the uh, our prediction, our hope is that they go to Wake Forest next week, um, and then second, of course, would probably be Oklahoma Baylor, and then A and M Ole Miss in that order. Um, all right, so I, I want to get your opinion on what went down on uh, Tuesday night. I think it was. We have not had an opportunity to discuss it yet. But the CFP rankings, um, I, the big story for me was not Cincinnati at six. The big story for me is what is happening at the bottom of the polls. I, I think, and they do this every year, I believe that they are setting up, uh, they're setting up the top teams with the also-rans down at the bottom. That's, that's how they're doing this. Uh, we'll go through the top ten right quick. Georgia won. Alabama 2, Michigan State 3, Oregon 4. That would be your your top four right now. Then 5, Ohio State. 6, Cincinnati. 7, Michigan. Uh, Number 8, Oklahoma. 9, Wake Forest. And number 10, Notre Dame. Go on and give me some thoughts. I know you got things going through your head on this one. Well, yeah. So, my first reaction was rage and anger and frustration. But then, at some point in time, it's on me to feel these things because I know the people that run these things. I know the men and women that make these decisions. They're awful people. They are terrible people. They're bad at their jobs and they have no souls. They have no morals. Okay? They are whores. Whores. They do anything for money. And and I'll tell you, they do what whores do for money. They blow cops for money. That's what they do, Gary. That's what they do. Alright? Yeah, yeah. So, so all these years, all these years, they overinflated the ACC, right? Every year when this thing came out, because Clemson's strength of schedule was so bad and they didn't have a good win on the schedule, they ranked all these shitty ACC teams that have like two or three losses. All right? Every year we saw it happen just so they could say, well, look, they got ranked. Chris, we still got you. We, we've lost you. Hold on. <laughs> uh, Chris is not wrong, by the way. Uh, hopefully he'll come back in service here in just a second. But, yeah, it's it's if you look at what they have ranked here, Mississippi State at number 17. Oh, there we go. We lost him. Uh, we should be able to get him back here momentarily. But uh, Mississippi State at number 17, uh, I mean, what are we talking about here? Like, this is, this is crazy. Chris, we got you. 
Up, oh, hang on, hang on. We got to swap him back over to uh to the audio board. All right, we got you now. Yeah, man, I'm sorry about that. I'm driving, <laughs> and and I, I heard you perfect the whole time. And that's cut off. Yeah, I was getting nothing. I was getting nothing from you, oh, but man. but what what we're talking about is uh the the rankings at the bottom, right? You talked about the ACC and them doing that for Clemson for years. Well, in order to rank Alabama in the number two spot, they had to give them uh, more than just one win against a top 25 opponent, and they did that by boosting up Mississippi State to number 17. I don't believe anybody on the planet believes that Mississippi State is the 17th best team in college football this year. Uh, But they've got Ole Miss at number 14, sorry, number 16, and they got Mississippi State at number 17, and A&M is number 14. That is Alabama's loss. Uh, Cincinnati has no losses. And they have a win over top ten Notre Dame. I on the road. On the, on road. the road. Yes. Like I, I big I don't deal matters. Yes. Yes. It no, most certainly they're does. They're just liars. They're liars. The people that run this, they come out every year and they say, "We really respect Cincinnati and we really appreciate what they." No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't respect them. You're a piece of shit person, and you manipulate stuff to get what you want. You manipulate stuff to benefit those who benefit you financially that's all you do let's just come out and say it all right yeah yeah you're not wrong you're not wrong uh this is i mean it's strange when you when you look at it cincinnati uh they did the same thing with oregon in order to justify having oregon at number four over cincinnati they had to toss in fresno state at number 23 you can't tell me that UTSA doesn't deserve to be ranked ahead of Fresno State right now. I, I love Fresno State. I think they're a fantastic football team. But having Fresno and San Diego State at 23 and 24 to help boost the Pac-12's rankings? Uh, they, just yeah, because- they need those bottom. They need the teams at the bottom in there that nobody pays attention to and nobody cares about so they can boost these teams that don't belong. Yes. I, I, it, it makes no sense to me. Like, I cannot figure out why on earth they uh, they continue to do this. Ohio State at number five. They've got Minnesota at 20. Um, you know, they've got Michigan at number seven. And and while a lot of the stats would agree with that, I mean, who exactly has Michigan beat, right? Like, it, they've got Michigan one spot behind Cincinnati. If you want to talk about who Cincinnati I'm not, I'm has not gonna beaten, I'm not going to quibble over an undefeated team that just lost one their first game on the road to one of their biggest rivals. That's also undefeated, by the way. Like I'm not like that. That that brings no ear to me whatsoever. Like now, I don't care. Oklahoma. I think they got Oklahoma right at number eight. Like Oklahoma yeah. is nine and zero, um, but they have not looked I think good. That took, I do think that took some courage. I do think that took balls. And when I saw that, I thought, man, they always work their way up. And yeah. and at, it was after that it was when the wheels fell off. Yeah, no, they uh, they have got it set up for Oklahoma to be able to climb here because they've got Oklahoma State at eleven and Baylor at twelve. Uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. You know, Oklahoma has a bye this week. They've got those two uh, along with Iowa State coming in right behind that. I, you know, they've got a shot for Oklahoma to bounce way way up, but Cincinnati kind of in no man's land here. And well, no, they have no chance unless you have chaos above them yeah. because they they don't. They're not going to play another good. So here's the thing. You know what they also did by leaving those teams? You know who else they lost, left out? They intentionally left out SMU, one loss, SMU, one loss, Houston. Why? Because those are two teams that Cincinnati's going to play, and they're going to make sure that those aren't ranked wins. Yes. Yes. Look at UTSA not being in. I was uh, I was a little shocked by that. 
uh, SMU and Houston not being in, I was definitely shocked by those two because those two have been good all season. You look at just advanced metric numbers. Um, aside from the fact that they have won, I mean they're they're both seven and one at this point. I, I, I don't. Yeah, they can't rank them. They can't because then they put together a resume that the whole world sees that justifies what they say isn't right. Yeah, no, no, no. you're you're one hundred percent right. Uh, which is exactly why they they do this the way that they do, right? The AP poll looks vastly different than the first CFP ranking, and and while we do want that, we do want a difference of opinion. Uh, we are going to start seeing the AP poll shift back towards the college football playoff ranking. They say that they tear these up and they redo them every single week. I don't necessarily buy that, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. Let's uh, let's move on from there. I I, I got to get your opinion on this. So yeah, uh, Wednesday I guess it was. They announced that Aaron Rodgers is out because he has tested positive for COVID. He will not be playing against the Chiefs. And, of course, that line went from a pick'em to an eight-point favorite Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, there's an NFL investigation into the protocols at Green Bay right now. Uh, give me give me some thoughts here. I'm not sure exactly what to think of what's happening with uh, with the Packers. Well, I mean, there's nothing happening with the Packers I know of. Rodgers got COVID. Rodgers isn't vaccinated, and so he's automatically out for 10 days no matter what. Um, If he was vaccinated, everyone says, oh, well, there's time. If you were vaccinated, then you can get two negatives and still play. Um, I don't know that he would have played. We've seen too many other guys get COVID that have been vaccinated. The vaccine doesn't stop you from testing positive for COVID. It's not magic. Um, and, and, and so it doesn't help you heal or, not, or test negative faster or sooner than, than you normally would. So, you know, he would have to get two negative tests between basically Thursday and Sunday, and I don't know that you're going to get that. Maybe maybe you could. I'm not a doctor. I don't understand all shit. But um, it, the, the biggest issue is the manipulation of Rodgers is the line. This, this guy – this guy is a piece of shit. Not not because not because he's not vaccinated, but because he lies about it. How much hell did Cole Beasley catch? How much hell did Kirk Cousins catch? And and, and, and Carson Wentz catch? And Dak Prescott? And, and and Lamar Jackson? How much hell did those guys catch in the offseason for for admitting they're uncomfortable with the vaccine? They don't want to take it. And Rodgers just lied. He just says, I'm immune. And now now he looks at everybody he's like, well, that doesn't mean vaccinated. Yeah, he like, said, I'm, Im- I'm immunized, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what you're doing when you say that. You openly lied to everybody. And you know why he did it? Because he's a thin-skinned, cowardice little bitch that cannot take the heat. He can't take criticism, Gary. He just can't. If, uh, this is if- a guy that's been great at everything for so long that nobody has said a bad word about him. Everyone turns the blind eye to the fact that he's a diva and he's a drama queen and he's a piece of trash. And, and because he's great at football. Yes, he's great at football. He's also a great A asshole. Yeah, I'm, uh, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, this kind of brings up the stuff that we talked about in the, uh, in the preseason, you know, about whether or not he would even report to the team. Would he retire? He didn't want to play for the Packers anyway. You know, blah, 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 blah. Um, I, I'm curious if we are getting to a point if they force him to become vaccinated, if this becomes a a whole thing, uh, do, do we get to retirement 
for him? Does he care enough to to deal with this? You got uh, I think he does. I mean, he's made it through the season. Um, what what's going to be alarming is because a outside of the Saints game that they just no one can explain it's week one. Um, they looked unbelievable. Like like last week, they looked pretty beatable and they didn't look great, but they got the win. Like they're 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 undefeated outside of that week one season game. I, I just you know I, I wouldn't walk away from that if I was him. At some point in time, you just got to buckle up, Buttercup, and 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 learn how to take the fire. It, I don't know how you teach somebody that if they're just not going to be that guy. But he he has been in the league for a long time, and he has been given the softest questions you could possibly make. He's never been challenged on any, really. Everyone loves him. Um, and and it's just one of those things where he's never found the ire of the media, and and now he's going to have to figure out how to handle that. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know what to make of the uh, the Packers-Chiefs game at this point. They apparently signed Blake I Bortles. Do. I do. I'd take, the, I'd take the Packers all day long. I don't think Jordan Love is that bad. I really don't. So is is it going to be love or is it going to be Bortles that comes in? Oh, why would it not be love? Uh, has he not been dealing with uh, with an injury of some sort? Um, Hell, I don't know. I don't, I don't follow their two deep and three deep quarterback <laughs> at Green Bay. Uh, you know what? I'm looking it up right now. Uh, All I, right, if it's Blake Bortles, I'll take that back. But if it's love, I'll take those points. So I know that they signed Bortles, um, but I don't know that they anticipate him necessarily. You know. I, I, well, every team has to have three quarterbacks in the world of COVID, even if you're vaccinated or not. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it, it might be... You can't take a chance of going in. I, 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 I never even considered my brain that, that love wouldn't be the starter. It, it looks like uh, they've got love as second string. Uh, there were a lot of reports that they were going to sign Blake Bortles to have him start the game. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I have no idea what to make of this anymore. So I, I, will, I will not be betting it. For sure, when it was a pick'em, I was all over it. Um, but when I started hearing rumblings about, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I said, mm, "Hold on, uh, we, we might want to wait on this one." So I'm—I mean, I understand wanting to avoid criticism. Like I totally get nobody openly wants it. But, but man, when you do what he did now, like, and you get caught, like the benefit of not going through all the COVID stuff before the season started and getting yelled at and beaten, like, it, it's not going to be close to, to how bad it's going to be when he gets back now. Yeah. And and I just – this is this is why lying is a bad deal. When I was when I was a young man and when I was a child, I lied. I lied all the time. Every time my feet got to the fire, and I got yelled at. If I thought I was going to get in trouble, I'd tell a lot. And then I just got older and I realized, man, it's just not worth it. It's just not. You're going to get caught. You're going to get in trouble. It's going to make it way worse. Just own up to shit, okay? And if you got to be an asshole, be an asshole, but own it. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree with that. I, I, I think in that situation before the season, he should have not said anything because there were a lot of players that said, uh, you know, I'm not going to talk about that. Like, Well, here's the thing. But the problem is everybody who says I'm not going to talk about it is all unvaccinated. <laughs> like, yeah. everybody who's vaccinated is ready to preach that they're vaccinated. Boy, they are swinging that card around. Oh, yeah. No, you, you're right. So, so you know, the reason he didn't want to do that is because he knew if he said, I don't want to talk about this, or it's none of your business, or something of whatever, he, he, however he handled it, everyone instantly knows you're not vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah, it just becomes a, a weird issue. Like, 
there's not well, I take that back. In the NFL, like people ask about injuries and medical crap all the time. It's just it's such a weird profession having to ask, you know, medical questions, right? Like what sports, you play professional athletes. Yeah. Oh, this is this is not just the NFL doesn't have the copyrights on that. Every league does. Yeah, I know. I know. It's it's so weird. We live in such a weird time. Uh I did want to bring this up. Let's go ahead and, and hit on this before we jump into our college football week ten preview. Uh, Mike Boynton, who is the Oklahoma State basketball coach, did you see his remarks on the NCAA on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever it was? Yeah, I, I retweeted it out this morning. All right, so let me let me read it out for the audience here. Mike Boynton said, I am disappointed, disgusted, appalled, frustrated, but somewhere in Indianapolis, there's a group of people celebrating. They won our players don't deserve and shouldn't have to deal with this. He said it was a single NCAA violation. One player received $300. One player, not a recruit, not a future recruit, not a family member. One current player received $300. And in and of itself, because it was self-reported by us, it is a secondary violation. So the punishment is you pay the money back, serve your suspension, which the kid did, and you move on. It is no wonder that nobody trusts the NCAA they don't have to come and do this and answer questions and talk to kids and talk to parents. Uh, they hit Oklahoma State with a postseason ban. Um, it was before the 2020-2021 season, and it was uh, they gave the school a level one violation after former assistant coach Lamont Evans accepted bribes to push players to agents and advisors. Now, here's the issue. Uh, Evans was also an assistant coach at South Carolina. Um, he, along with, I mean, there were several other coaches uh, at Arizona, uh, USC, Auburn, et cetera. Um, the, like, they didn't give South Carolina a postseason ban. They gave Oklahoma State a postseason ban, and they said that it was because of the amount of money that Evans took from Christian Dawkins. But when it comes down to it, Oklahoma State, as a school, as a program, et cetera, didn't do anything wrong. And yet, Oklahoma State cooperated 100% with the NCAA. And Boynton discussed like all the different things that they had to go through for the appeal. The day before they played against Kansas, he had to fly to Atlanta for a hearing, and then he flew back to coach the team the next day. On, a, on the same day that they were playing against uh, Oklahoma, they had a hearing in Indianapolis. And he had to be there for it. So he flew to Indianapolis because it was important to be there for the appeal hearing and then flew back to coach the team. Like, all this stuff that they... They jumped through all these different hoops and the NCAA just said, ah, nope, appeal denied. You, you still got a postseason ban. Like, they will not be in the NCAA tournament this year because of that. Like, I, why anybody? And he did say... Uh, if you're a school that's dealing with this stuff right now, don't cooperate. Like, don't and and honestly, I think Oklahoma State should have known that. But at the end of the day, like, there's no reason to cooperate with these fools anymore. Like, it's just a it's a train wreck. What a I mean, give me give me your. I know you hate the NCAA, but my gracious, yeah. like this this was absurd. Yeah. No, listen, I'm I'm I am now past I am now past hatred. And, and, and I would actively be against them. I would not talk to them. I would not communicate with them. If they ask for information, they're not getting anything. I don't care how little or small it is. 
I don't care if it's to hurt another program. I would not cooperate with them if they were, we're going to give you immunity and we want, you know, this, you know, just to go after Alabama. I do not care. Nope. I am not, I am not helping you. I am not doing anything for you. If your people, if your investigators set foot on my campus, I'm going to have my campus police escort them off. I will have you detained. I'll have you arrested or I'll have you removed. Um, I would not send them any money at all. As if I was a chancellor, if I was a president, I, I would I would go through our books, what money is going to Indianapolis, and I'd cut them off and make them come get me. What are they going to do? What are they going to do to stop you? How are they going to get it? Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I'd make them fight me in, in court all day long because if enough schools say, screw this, I'm not doing this shit, these people are terrible people, they're a terrible organization, we're, I'm done. I'm done. They don't bring any benefit whatsoever to the school. They don't bring any benefit whatsoever to the university. They don't bring any benefit or whatsoever to their original purpose was for players' safety, health and safety of student-athletes. And they're so bad at that that there's another organization that had to pop up that fights the NCAA on trying to help better the safety and well-being of players because the NCAA doesn't do it anymore. They actively fight against players. Yes. Yes. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything. Not only would I not do anything for them, I would go out of my way to make their life miserable. I would fight against every little thing they try to throw at me. They have no authority. Don't give them the authority. They have no respect for you. Don't give them any respect. Don't treat them with any dignity. Nothing at all. None of them. Yes. Yes. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. I mean, it, the... The, the, I mean, I, hang on, I've been saying this shit for a long, long time, but now you got a coach for another uh, university who's a respected person. I am not. That's fine. I don't deserve the respect. But that that guy's finally saying it, and people starting to listen. Listen, these guys didn't just become a useless piece of shit overnight. They've been this for a long time. They they're a made up organization. They're not the police. They're not the FBI. They can't do anything to you. They're going to say, well, that game don't count. Well, okay, all right, we're still going to play it. And everybody's going to come out and watch. Yeah, and, and it's we're still going to be know on who won <laughs> It's still going to be on TV. People will still remember this yeah. game. That's uh, right. Oh, you don't want to get a season. What if ESPN just put them in? Or what if Turner just put them in? What if, what if, what if, the, what if other people, you know, hey, we, no, no, we think they're 12. And we're going to put them in 12 seed and we're going to put them over here. And, and show up this day and you can't the seat. Well, the NCAA, oh, we run that. You can't do that. Fuck you. Get in the corner. <laughs> Shut up. I love it. You uh, you are breaking up just a little bit. Uh, so let's – I do want to get started uh, with the college football Week 10 preview. Um, let me let me check your mic right quick. Give me give me a test real quick. Check, check, one, two. Hey, we're back to, we're back to normal. I like it. All right. Uh, week 10. Uh, I, I start out with four questions every week to to get a feel of the landscape for college football. Uh, best games of the weekend. I want to start off with Auburn at Texas A&M. That one is, uh, I think, the best game this weekend. There are going to be some fun games, uh, but as far as highly ranked teams and games that matter a whole lot, I do think that Auburn and A&M is the biggest game of the weekend. You uh, You agree with that? Yeah, I don't think it's close. I don't think it's close. I think so as well. Uh, Texas A&M turned a corner uh, really 
Zach Calzada started to turn a corner against Mississippi State. They they lost that game at home, but you know after that they handle Alabama, and then they've had two cupcakes basically with Missouri and South Carolina. They are coming off of a bye week. Auburn uh, beat up on a just a damaged, beat up Ole Miss team last week. Uh, but Auburn has been playing really well. These are two teams that are well coached that do not beat themselves. I'm I have no idea which way to lean on it. Um, I, I just I think it's going to be a fascinating football game. Uh, the winner of this at really still has a shot at the playoff, even with two losses. I think. Well, Auburn controls their destiny because if they if they win this game, they can beat Bama. A <clears throat> and M would need some help. They would need Auburn or somebody else to beat Bama. So, yeah, yeah. If if Auburn were to lose this and and then beat Alabama, uh, that would toss Texas A and M into the SEC championship game. And with a win over Georgia, A and M could uh, find their way into the playoff. He win two losses. Auburn, uh, you go ahead and beat Alabama, and then you beat Georgia. Like if you've got a win over A and M, and you know Mississippi State and Alabama and uh, uh, Georgia again, um, which they they got trounced by Georgia early. But you come back and beat them in Atlanta, hey, Auburn will be in the playoff. So, you know, this is yeah, a, I agree. This is a game that means a lot. Yeah, I think they've seen. Uh, another big game for this weekend that uh, that I don't think a lot of people are talking about, I think Mississippi State and Arkansas is going to be one of the best games of the weekend. Like, these two teams are very evenly matched. Um, you want to talk about a coaching matchup. I mean, good gracious. Zach Arnett, the DC, uh, defense coordinator for Mississippi State against Kendall Bryles, and then Mike Leach on offense against Barry Odom on defense. Like, this is going to be a lot of fun, man. I agree. I love Sam Pittman. I think I think Arkansas can find a way to get back to to what Arkansas looked like before the season started. They played a couple of teams that just physically outmatched them and out-talented them. I don't think Mississippi State's going to have that luxury. I tend to agree. Uh, State's been really good against the run this year. So, I'm, you know, obviously we'll pick this here in, uh, here in just a little bit in the off-the-radar pick them. Um, do you have a game that, that you want to toss out? I've got three other ones that I kind of like this weekend. Well, I mean, I think that Wake Forest game, North Carolina game, is going to be fun. I think it's going to be exciting. And, uh, and, and I mean, obviously the Ole Miss-Hugh Freeze game has potential to be a lot of fun and exciting, but it also has potential to be a complete utter dutter. Yeah, so. no, you're, you're not wrong about that. Uh, Michigan State and You Purdue. think we're going to get anything out of Iowa State, Texas? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, this game is always close. Always close. So I, I think Texas can uh, can hang in there. Uh, it's in Ames, and Texas has had success in Ames. Um, they are four and one against the spread. Their last five against Iowa State. You know, I, I I think it could be it could be interesting because Iowa State seems to find a way to beat themselves uh, for whatever reason. And you know, Texas got better players. That doesn't necessarily mean anything, but you know, they could be a little bit explosive on offense. I, I think we could see some points there. Uh, Michigan State Purdue, I think, is very interesting with Michigan State coming off of that big, big win. Uh, Purdue does some stuff that Michigan State is not great at stopping. So I think that one could be very interesting uh, for an afternoon game in West Lafayette. Uh, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, I think could be a lot of fun. That's a three-and-a-half-point spread right now. Um, I I think one of my favorite games of the weekend, Chris, is UTSA and UTEP. Like that in El Paso, night game, 10.15 p.m. Central Time, on ESPN two, it, it got the it got the ESPN treatment. I this could be a lot of fun. I mean, these are two programs now. UTEP, 
not a great team, but they are 6-2, and two, and they believe, and they are doing an orange out. Uh, they are going to have a ton of fans. I mean, they, it, I think they're going to sell out the, uh, the Sun Bowl, uh, which is like 60,000 seats. Like, this is going to be a lot of fun. So I, I think that could be a really fun matchup. I, th- I think they're going to need all 50,000 of those people to, to help them win this game. I don't think this game's going to be close. What's the line? line's pretty big, isn't it? Line's uh, 11. It opened at 12 and a half. Uh, so the public and, and the sharp betters have both been on UTSA in this one. Uh, sorry, on, uh, yeah, on Utah. I, I, yeah. I like UTSA to win this thing pretty easily. I, I, I don't care what the record says if you're not playing anybody. Okay, and at some point in time, you got to play somebody, and they just yeah. haven't. They just haven't. They've added that record with with just bottom one hundred teams. Yeah, yeah. Now you you ain't wrong there. Uh, the most to gain this weekend, uh, I think, can be said the same for most to lose. I think it's I think it's in that Auburn A and M game. Um, yeah, I mean it's I, and really, I don't know that there's a, a close second at all. I, whoever wins well, that game, not, has... not to gain, not to gain. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe Wake Forest. And the reason it's Wake Forest is if Wake Forest gets game day treatment next week, that's a big deal. That brings a lot of eyeballs. That has a value, a dollar value that that's kind of unbelievable and, and hard to equate. And if they lose, then you know it, it, it just really hurts because you had so much hope. So. Yeah. I would I, say Wake Forest. I did I, have Wake I could, Forest. Could be the most to gain and to lose. Yeah, I had I had Wake Forest under most to lose. Um, but yeah, with the game day aspect, I do think uh, you could toss them into most to gain as well. Um, as far as a playoff sleeper, uh, I wrote down Auburn, but uh, but again, we could do A and M there as well. Uh, they're both teams with two losses. I I really think that both of them have a good shot to make the playoff if things fall the right well, way. That, that the the difference is, is Auburn can what we've said this Auburn controls their destiny, uh, A and M doesn't, and that's yeah. that's where it's really hard. Yeah, no, you're you're right. That's that's why I wrote down Auburn here uh, for for the sleeper uh, because they do control their destiny. This is a this is a really well coached football team that's uh, kind of hitting their stride at the right time. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's uh let's go ahead and dive into this pick'em here. Uh, college football off the radar pick'em for week ten. And we have got twelve games, so let's go ahead and dive through them. We are gonna get this thing done in less than an hour. Uh last week I went five and six. Chris went six and five. Overall on the season, I am forty six and forty nine. Chris, you are thirty nine and fifty six. Uh but with the amount of games that we pick every week. 
Uh, I believe that both of us can get back over 500 before the end of the season, and it starts this week. Game number one here, my brother, SMU traveling to the Liberty Bowl against Memphis. It's a 12 p.m. Eastern time game. Memphis, a four and a half point home underdog. It opened at five and a half. It's now down to four and a half, total of 70 and a half. Of course, the odds brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. There is a lot of chatter about Sonny Dykes uh, really agreeing to the TCU job right now. I don't know that that's completely done, but it does make me wonder about SMU and whether or not they are fired up for this game. Uh, SMU won this game 30-27 to last year. Before that, uh, Memphis had won and covered six straight in the series. Look, there is a massive mismatch here. SMU number five in EPA per pass on offense. Memphis's defense is number 105 in that regard. Uh, I don't know what the situation is with the Memphis quarterback, but I don't necessarily know that it matters here. Uh, I really like SMU minus the four and a half here. Uh, granted, that depends on whether or not Sonny Dykes is still bought in uh, after that loss last week if he has not already started packing to move you know, 40 miles uh, west to head over to Fort Worth. What, uh, what do you got on this one? I don't think guys do that. Oh, that's insane. That's insane. I agree. That's SMU why I took SMU. Yeah. This Memphis team is trash. He's not gonna he's not gonna quit coaching the team that he's got just to just to, you know, get ready for the job that he's gonna coach next year. It's still these wins still go on his resume. And if he starts losing games, that that goes on his resume. That's gonna hurt him. So he's gonna wanna go in that Memphis game, he's gonna beat the hell out of him. And guess what? He's gonna beat the hell out of him. Memphis I, sucks. <laughs> Silverfield's terrible. I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Uh, hey, what like does Memphis have to completely fall off the map for uh, for them to not keep Silverfield? Like, I I, I wonder some what of it, I, some of it some of it is listen. All right, you got a marriage, and it's on the rocks. Okay, it's falling apart. Things are bad, and you know this thing's gonna come to an end soon. But do you try to make it work? Well, maybe it all depends. I mean, if that if that old lover shows back up, it's easy to. Push that bitch out the window. <laughs> you are all bought in on Fuente coming back, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. If Justin Fuente sent a text in the direction of Memphis, I would fire Silverfield on the spot. Yeah, I could I could buy it. I could buy it. Um let's move into the next game. We've got another twelve PM Eastern time game. Liberty heading to Ole Miss. It is the Hugh Freeze Bowl. You got Hugh headed up against Lane Kiffin. Ole Miss, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, total of 67. Uh, Liberty, 3-1 and one straight up, 4-0 and oh against the spread as a road dog the last two seasons. Um, you know, I is this Liberty Super Bowl? Like, I kind of feel like it is. They, they've got a bye week next week. Uh, they just got off of just absolutely drubbing UMass. Uh, Liberty, number seven in EPA per play margin. Ole Miss is number 48. Now, obviously, that is not adjusted. That's just raw numbers. Um, Liberty has got some horses in the trenches, man. They uh, they got some some big dudes down on the line of scrimmage. Ole Miss still dealing with injury issues to their top three wide receivers. Matt Corral a little banged up. Uh, and then, of course, this is a sandwich spot for Ole Miss. They just got off of uh, losing to Auburn. They've got Texas A&M next week. I, I'm going to go with Liberty because I think that, that Hugh Freeze wants this game. I think his players want this game for him. Uh, Lane Kiffin will be happy to get out of here with a three-point win with a one-point. It doesn't matter. Just get a W on the board. Uh, Nine and a half feels like it might be too much for me. And 
these are two offensive guys. Like uh, the total of sixty-seven, I would kind of, I would kind of think that thing would go over. Uh, but these are two teams that, while their pace of play is is pretty high up there uh, as far as Ole Misses goes, Liberty's is kind of slower. Uh, it, we got you know a, a pretty good Liberty defense, and Ole Miss has kept teams off the board. So while they may give up a bunch of yardage, they don't give up a bunch of points. At this, I'm going to take Liberty here to uh, to keep this within nine and a half. Yeah, I think Hugh has been uh, spending three years trying to prepare for this game, and I think this matters much more to him. I don't think this Liberty team is a great Liberty team like last year's. Okay, I don't think they're nearly as good as they have been, but still got a great quarterback, still got a great head coach. Ole Miss is hurt. Ole Miss is banged up. Um, it would not surprise me. I, I just want to see the mental gymnastics that the committee is going to do next week if Ole Miss loses. I, I guarantee you they're still going to be ranked. They're going to be at like 24 just because they got to have that, – that's, oh, that's the marquee win that Alabama has right now. Yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're right. You are right about that. Um, next game on the board, 3.30 p.m. We have got Michigan State heading to Purdue. Uh, the Boilermakers, a three-point underdog at home. This line looked uh, really short uh, coming off of a, a top-10 win for Michigan State last week. Total is 53-and-a-half. Uh, you would think that Michigan State would be in a letdown spot after a win over a top-10 Michigan team, but you go back and look over the last 10 years, they are 7-3 and three straight up. Uh, off of a win over Michigan, or not a not a win, sorry, off of the Michigan game in the last 10 seasons. Uh, so, you know, they don't, I guess they kind of expect to beat Michigan. There was no rushing the field last week, anything like that. They they just expected to go in and beat them. Uh, Michigan State has won eight straight against Purdue, but the last meeting was in 2018. Uh, Purdue is 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five against the Spartans. Uh, brother, there are some things that Purdue does that that Michigan State has trouble with. I, I think Purdue can can pass the ball around a little bit. Now, the raw numbers will not tell you that, but, I mean, we saw it against Iowa. Like, they they find holes in the defense, and Michigan State, I mean, we saw it. Michigan had not been able to pass the ball very effectively all season, and they were able to, to get some passing yards up on Michigan State. I This line scares me to death. I initially was going to take Purdue here. I think I'm going to take Michigan State minus the three. My line on it was Michigan State minus six. Um, I mean, you look at some of the advanced numbers. Uh, Parker over at CFB-Graphs.com, his numbers actually have Purdue winning this by like a touchdown. So I don't know exactly what to make of it. Um, Purdue's not going to be able to run the football on them. And, And Purdue's defense is number 10 in EPA per play. If they can slow down Kenneth Walker... Uh, make Peyton Thorne beat you. They, I mean, they got a shot to get some interceptions here. They got a shot to maybe make this a really, really tight ball game. But I'm I'm going to roll with Sparty here at, at minus three. Yeah, Michigan State's the play. You you, you said all that stuff, and you went to Michigan State. That's amazing. Anyway, neither here nor there. Listen, you know what they're not going to do? They're not, I don't care what they've done in the past. They're not stopping Kenneth Walker. That's the thing. If they don't, if they do, then yeah, they win the game. But that's the best running back in football, Gary, and they're not stopping it. They're going to control the line of scrimmage. They're going to eat clock. They're going to play good defense. Yes, Purdue's going to be able to throw the football on them, and Purdue's going to score to the point. But it's not going to be enough. I, I, Michigan State scores just about every drive down, if, if not a touchdown, a field goal, just because I can't imagine this Purdue defense slowing down Kenneth enough to get them out of field goal range. I think he's that important. And I think he's that good. 
Yeah, I can uh, I can see that. All right, so we're both rolling Sparty here. Uh, we have picked the same thing three straight. Let's uh, let's see what we do on this one. 4 p.m. Eastern time, we have got NC State heading to Florida State. Of course, Florida State coming off that heartbreaking loss against Clemson and one that really broke the heart of a bunch of different betters that had the under, that had Florida State uh, with the line. I mean, it just all sorts of stuff last week. It was it was pretty nuts the way that that game ended. Uh, total of 55.5, Florida State 0-2 as a home favorite this season. Uh, they have lost both outright. NC State 7-3 against the spread the last 10 against Florida State. Um, you know, my question here is, did Clemson kill Florida State's momentum? Uh, NC State has not been great on the road, uh, and that, that might be putting it lightly. Uh, you, you look at some of these numbers. I mean, NC State's defense, number seven in success rate, number 17 in EPA per play. I I trust NC State's defense, and I trust Tim Beck and, and Devin Leary, the quarterback, to be able to put up enough points to be able to cover two and a half. I think they're just... I think they're the better football team, and and I wonder if that loss to Clemson last week kind of set Florida State back just a little bit. Yeah, I like NC State. I think they're still a good football team. They they you know they've got a couple of strange losses. Okay, they've got a loss to Miami. They've got a loss to Mississippi State. So nobody can really explain those. All right, but outside of that, they've looked really good and they've played really well. I I don't think Florida State's going to give them much trouble. Yeah, NC State kind of kind of demolished uh, Louisville towards the end of that game because uh, that was a tight ball yep. game until they just decided to uh, to put their foot on on the gas. And once they did that, it was over. Uh, they could probably do the same thing here against Florida State. Next game up, another 4 p.m. game, and I am pumped about this one. Uh, we have got Mississippi State going to Fayetteville, Arkansas, a five point favorite, total of fifty five and a half. Mississippi State has won four straight in Fayetteville. Obviously, different coaches for both teams in those games. Uh, Arkansas won this game 21-14 to in Starkville last year. It broke a 20-game SEC losing streak. Uh, State number 18 in EPA per play margin. Arkansas number 21. Uh, again, I brought it up earlier, but great matchups in coaching here. Uh, you've got Zach Arnett, the defense coordinator for Mississippi State, against Kendall Bryles, the OC at Arkansas. You've got Mike Leach. Of course, the uh, the brilliant offensive mind at Mississippi State against Barry Odom, uh, the defensive coordinator for Arkansas. Uh, and then you got two quarterbacks that you're not sure exactly what you're going to get week in and week out, but Will Rogers against K.J. Jefferson is one hell of a matchup to watch. Uh, Will Rogers last week set an all-time SEC completion record in a game, hit 36 out of 39 passes. Um, State has been playing really well, but every now and then they can throw up a dud. I... I like State plus five here. I think these teams are too evenly matched uh, for this to be five points. This seems like a field goal game one way or the other. And and while I do think it will be pointsy, um, you know, it's 55 and a half. Uh, I, think, I think it's going to go over, and I think that we are going to get a field goal game. So give me Mississippi State plus the five here. All right, now we're finally getting off course here. Okay, all right. Mike Leach, who I love, and you know that, Ain't never put two good weekends together in a, in a row. He just don't, all right? Whenever he has a big, unexpected win, you can set your clock betting against him the following week. I think this Arkansas team is much, much better than they've looked the last couple of weeks because they were facing talent that was far superior than them. This week, they won't have that issue. I think this defense slows down Will Rogers. We've seen Will Rogers look bad and get flustered in the past. I think Barry Odom will absolutely cause that to happen. And 
I, I think Burks is one of the best players on the planet, and there's nobody at Mississippi. Mississippi State's real good at doing what? Stopping the run. Well, guess what? Arkansas is going to swing that thing. They're going to cover this. They're winning by touchdown. All right. All right. I can get down with it. Uh, next game on the board, we have got another SEC night game here, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Your LSU Tigers headed to Bryant-Denny Stadium to take on Alabama. Alabama, a 28-and-a-half point favorite. Total is 66-and-a-half. And if you would have told me after that 2019 game that in back-to-back seasons, Alabama would be more than a four-touchdown favorite against LSU, uh, I would have said that you were taking some crazy pills or something. Uh, Alabama won 55-17 to last season. I think the key matchup in this spot here is LSU's pass rushers against Alabama's shaky offensive line. They have not been real good in pass pro, uh, really, at all this season. Uh, they're very shaky at that point. If I'm Alabama, I'm number 34 in EPA per rush on offense. Uh, LSU is uh, number 114 in defensive rushing success rate. Uh, you're going to have to run the football against LSU if you want to have success. I don't anticipate a bunch of turnovers and all that kind of crap I think if Alabama wants to win this game, they're going to have to stick to the ground. I think that 28-and-a-half will be too many points here. Everybody talks about revenge and this and that. Alabama got their revenge last season. This Alabama team is not last season's Alabama team. I don't see them covering 28-and-a-half here. Like, I think they'll win the game. Uh, but I think, you know, these LSU players are fighting. Like, they are, they are pushing for something. Uh, they're not great, but I, I think this is a much closer game than 28-and-a-half. Yeah, this is insane. Revenge, <laughs> revenge. A team, a team has bullied you for a decade, for a decade, for over a decade. Has bullied you and picked on you. They beat you one time, and their head coach says "fuck you" to you. And now all of a sudden, we got to get revenge against them. <laughs> wow, it's a blood boiler. You bunch of thin skinned pussies. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just talking about the message that has come out from everybody talking about what O said uh, in Tuscaloosa no, two years I know. ago. And I so, know it's re- it's revenge. <laughs> it's it's got to be revenge because old Ellis because Coach O said fuck you to Alabama. Oh God, we got to get them. We got to get them. No, oh, beat them for twenty years ain't stuff. No, 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 no. I'm gonna write down LSU plus twenty eight and a half for you. <laughs> God, y'all are such a thin-skinned baby. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to the next one. Uh, we've got uh, we got 7 p.m. Eastern time. Boise State heading to Fresno State, heading down to the Valley. Fresno, a five-point favorite total of 60. The last meeting was in 2018, and they met twice that season. Kalen DeBoer, who is the new head coach at Fresno State, I say new, he's been there for two years now, but uh, he was the offensive coordinator under Jeff Tedford at the time. And the last meeting was when Fresno State beat Boise on the blue turf to win the Mountain West Conference title. Uh, Boise 1-5 against the spread their last six against Fresno. Boise State cannot run the football, and they definitely won't be able to do it against Fresno. Um, and Fresno's pass defense is good. So if, if Boise was looking to get ahead uh, by passing the ball here, I mean, that is their strength on offense, you're not going to be able to do it against this Boise defense. Um, for whatever reason, like Boise has not been very good at all. Uh, this season. So, um, when you look at some of these other numbers, uh, net points per drive, Fresno is number 35, Boise number 52, etc. I I think that Fresno kind of looks at this as a coming out party. I think they can win this by a touchdown. I, I like the Bulldogs here. 
Fresno minus five. Yeah, I, I bet against them last week, but that was the first and only time I'll be betting against them. I, I, I like Fresno. I think they're good. Yeah, I tend, I tend to agree. I, Boise has just got some problems right now. Uh, you, you look at some of the – I mean, their defense is not bad, um, but they're not very good at stopping successful drives, and I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm curious to see how this one's going to go. I do feel good about Fresno, though. Next game on the docket here, and we got a few more, so let me run through them. 7 p.m. Eastern time, Tennessee at Kentucky. This one, my friend, is a pick 56 and a half the total. Kentucky won this 34-7 to last year, uh, really based on the fact that Jarrett Garantano gave them the football uh, with a couple of pick sixes and a couple of short fields, etc. Tennessee is 7-2 and two against the spread against Kentucky in their last nine. Uh, Kentucky... A, Kentucky is 72nd in EPA per pass on defense, but Tennessee is not a great passing team. Uh, it, Hendon Hooker, you know, was still dealing with injuries, et cetera. I, I expect him to play in this game. But where Tennessee does their damage is on the ground. Well, Kentucky, in that regard, is 26th in rushing EPA per play. Uh, Tennessee's defense is they not good. They couldn't stop the run last week against a team that doesn't run the football. Yeah, that's a, a lot of that, though, was the fact that Will Rogers was 36 out of 39 passing for however many freaking yards, and Kentucky turned the ball over four times. I, I don't expect them to do it in this situation. Didn't the fact that it's good to stop the run. No, I mean, you, you're not wrong. What happened? Mississippi State had, what, like 90-something yards rushing last week? Uh, I don't know. They had four rushing touchdowns. Yeah. No, I mean, what's, the red zone. Yeah, they got down in the red the zone. Run. I... Yeah, I mean you you have a you have a valid point there. I, I look those, at this. Those were not those were not four goal line rushes for touchdowns because they threw it all the way down there. Okay, those those were twelve yard runs. Those are seven yard runs. Those are eight yard. You can't stop the run in the red zone. You're going to lose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now you got me. Now you got me all flustered on what my pick was. I like. I, no, I, no. <laughs> stick with your pick. Don't let me turn your mind. Uh, I think this is a get-right game for Will Levis. He did not look good last week. I think he can look good against this Tennessee defense. Uh, Tennessee's defense is not Mississippi State's defense. Uh, so I, I expect Kentucky to be able to put up points here. I'm going to take Kentucky to win as a pick em. I Initially this week, I felt really good about Tennessee plus three. But but the more I kind of dove into this game, I, I think Kentucky at night, at home, this crowd's going to be amped up. Um, I like Kentucky here. Give me, give me the volunteers. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm ride hype on Hooker. I can uh I can get down with it after what you were talking about. It's like uh, why am I why am I riding Kentucky here? What like what am I doing? Um, all right, let's move on. Clemson heading to Louisville seven p.m. or seven thirty p.m. Eastern time. Louisville a four point underdog at home, forty six and a half. Clemson um has won and covered in four straight against Louisville. DJ last week, DJ Ui Angalele had his second-highest QBR of the season last week against Florida State. Uh, it looked like the offense, you know, they're starting to get guys back healthy again. Uh, they they looked okay. They looked okay. Like, they would not have covered if it was not for that last uh, little bit there. But Louisville showed against NC State, like, what can happen to Malik Cunningham when he plays against a good defense, and they just kind of put him in a box. And that's what I expect Clemson to be able to do here. I, I'm i going to take Clemson minus the four. Uh Aside from last week, they have not covered a single game all season. I I think they are kind of getting the ship righted just a touch, uh, just enough to be able to to cover this four points against Louisville this week. I don't care what stats say. I watched every second of that game last night, uh, last weekend of them against Florida State. Their offense did not look good. 
their offense did not get back on track. Julio Galele still looked like shit. Everything came very, very hard to them. Everything. So I'll take, take the point. Yeah, you're taking Louisville, right? Louisville plus four. Uh, yeah, I could see this being a field goal game either way. I, I think I think Louisville could be in trouble against that defense. That's uh, that's the only reason I think that. Moving on, we have got a big one in the Big 12. And I say a big one, uh, as big as you can get whenever there's a, a three-loss and a four-loss team facing off against each other. Texas against Iowa State. Iowa State a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home in Ames. Total of 60 here. Iowa State won this from 23-20 to 20 last year and kind of put the nail in the coffin for Tom Herman. Uh, Texas 4-1 and one against the spread. Their last five against Iowa State. They, uh, they did not cover last season. Iowa State 1-3 and three against the spread as a home favorite this season. Uh, Texas is only 2-4 and four against the spread as a road dog. Uh, this Texas defense is an issue, man. Uh, they're, they're number 100 in defensive success rate. Iowa State number 39 in offensive success rate. But when you look at, at just all of the different numbers, Texas has got significantly more talent overall than Iowa State. I, I, I think Iowa State wins the game if you flip a coin. But if I'm flipping a coin, I'm going to take the team with the head start. I, I like I like Texas plus the six and a half here because I think this could end up being a field goal game one way or the other. It could end up being 31-27, somewhere around there. Uh, I think I think Texas has enough players and enough explosive ability to keep this thing close and, and maybe even win the game. Well, why is this number almost a touchdown? What have we seen from Iowa State thinks they're a touchdown better than this team? Uh there, so Iowa State's numbers, again, this all has to go back to uh, taking away the turnovers and whatnot that they've had all season. Um, you, can't, you just can't do that. I know that. you can't do that, but that's, right. that's that's why that's the fine. line is where it is. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. If you're not looking at all of the numbers, you're not going to look at the entire game to tell me why, then it doesn't matter. Like, the, 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 the information is garbage now. So, that's fine. Give me Texas. I think Texas is win this game. I, I, listen, this is going to be a game that's going to be a fun game to watch because I think these teams play a lot alike. I think I think the, the the two best players on the on the field are going to be the running back, and 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 you got a pretty good matchup against those two guys. Give me Bijan, um, and uh, and and I think he's going to be the difference. I think they can win the game. I I like it. I like it. We'll both. I think ride. this number is like five points too much. I, I thought this game should be close to a pickup. Yeah, that's a, a field goal game somewhere around there is what I what I thought. I just uh, don't understand why what I just don't understand anything about what anybody has seen that says. This is a this is a touchdown better than Iowa State's a touchdown better than anyone right now. I just don't think Iowa State's very good. I I'm a ride with you. Texas plus six and a half for both of us. And moving on, we are jumping into seven thirty p.m. Eastern time. We don't have to spend long on this one. Obviously, Indiana at Michigan. Michigan a nineteen and a half point favorite. Total of fifty and a half. It is the Fox primetime game. Uh, for whatever reason, I guess brands, I suppose. If Michigan wants to work on their passing game, this would be the week to do it. Um, they are, uh, Indiana is number 100 in EPA per passing defense. Uh, Indiana number 121 in EPA per play margin. Michigan is number 14. Uh, Michigan number six in net points per drive. Indiana number 107. Uh, I think this is a bounce back game. Michigan uh, gets the hurt off of them from last week, and they absolutely stomp on Indiana here. And so I'm I'm taking Michigan minus 19 and a half. Yeah, yeah, the wheels have fallen off of Indiana. So uh, I they, agree. They just are not very good at all, at, at anything. I mean, you look at these numbers, it is whew, so bad, so bad. All right, last one on the board, and this will get us out of here. 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. 
USC heading to Arizona State, and the Sun Devils are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Total is 60. Uh, this Drake-London injury has got to hurt the Trojans because their offense was majorly predicated on what he was able to do uh, in that receiving core. Somehow, Arizona State is number 11 in EPA per play margin. <laughs> USC is number 90 in that metric. Uh, the question here, like, there's a bunch of questions. Does Jackson Dart provide a spark for this Trojan offense? Uh, which team has quit? Because it kind of looked like both of them did last week. Um, does Arizona State clean up the mistakes? Because, man, they had a gargantuan amount of them, just a sack full of problems last week against Washington State when they were 16-point favorites. I, uh, I'm i going to take Arizona State here because I do think they are the better team, and I think they still have something to play for. USC is just trying to figure out what's going on until they until they get a new coach. I just I, This is a ugly matchup, but it could end up being a lot of fun for being a Pac-12 after dark game. What uh, what you got on it? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I just uh, I can't bet one nickel on this USC team. It's a, I almost can't bet one nickel on uh, on Arizona State, and yet I'm gonna I'm gonna take them here. Yeah, because, but they don't they don't bother me. I don't think they quit. I mean, they they still have a coach that's competent, and capable, and knows what he's doing. Like I'm not worried about that. Yeah, yeah, I can uh, I can get down with that. Um, let's see. Hold on, that's uh, that's my buddy Jonathan Hood. Uh, <laughs> all right, I think that's gonna wrap it up. Is there uh, anything else you want to hit on? Nope, that's it. All right, all right. Uh, with that said, let me uh, let me let you out of here, and I'll wrap up the show. See you, man. Later, buddy. All right, that is the end of the show. Go over to winningcureseverything.com. Go to BetUS, where the game begins. They bring you the show each and every time out. You can find them at betus.com. Use the promo code NCAAF2021. Go and check out the BetUS College Football Show. Go and check out the Sportsbook Review College Football Show. Chris does that one. I do the BetUS one. The links are in the description for that. Uh, make sure and subscribe to the podcast, share the show out, all that good stuff, and we got it in within an hour. So with that said, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app, visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.